At First Baptist Church, our mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others to a joyful life with Him. Our hope is that you will encounter Jesus Christ in such a way that you will have joyful news to go and tell. Turn with me then to our text for this week. All week long, we have been reading together Luke 18, 1 through 8. And so if you'll find that on your listening sheet, we're going to read this aloud together. So stand with me and we'll read. This then is the text for today. Now, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? May God bless the reading of his word. There was a time when God was unapproachable. Not in callousness, but because of his holiness. People, the general public, like you and I, were unable to approach God. Again, not because of him, but because of us. Because of our weaknesses. Because of all the fractures that make up our lives. For every sin that we have harbored in our hearts. Our brokenness was incompatible with his holiness. Our dirty and distracted lives disqualified us from coming in near to him. We could not cross the chasm of sin we allowed to develop between us and our God. But if there was a new way, why wouldn't we use it? Our God, in his compassion, created a way forward so that we could come in near to him, to know him, to know his voice, to know his ways. In the Old Testament, before Jesus Christ, this access was severely limited. Now, a general rule, and, and one of the ways that man might approach God was like this. One person, once a year, was allowed into the Holy of Holies. That was it. The high priest, one time. And that was for everyone. The high priest could come in under 
the ritual cleansing and the prescribed actions of God and the one person, the high priest, could stand before God on behalf of all people. Now, I don't want us to misunderstand this limitation. This limitation is a perfect picture of God's mercy. See, you might hear this and believe then that God is one who shudders contact. But that's not right. This opportunity, where the door was left cracked open, was a compassionate act. Where God could have cut himself off completely, but left this way. A way that Israel, like us, continually closed by their sin. And even though we, like Israel, keep cutting off that line of communication by our sin, God has restored it in Jesus Christ. You see, by the body and blood of Jesus, we can now approach the throne of God with confidence of the concerns of our heart and our lives. You see, at the cross, Jesus sent shockwaves that encircled the globe with dramatic effect when we're told that Jesus yielded up his spirit unto death. This world was altered in a way that it hadn't been altered since Adam had sinned. At the death of Jesus Christ, when he breathed his last breath, the world then would never be the same. And there were all kinds of physical evidences of this seismic moment. We're told in Matthew that there was darkness in the day. There were earthquakes. Cemeteries were awakened. But, but all of those were overlooked, forgotten as time moved on. But there was one unparalleled physical marker that we cannot overstate. In Matthew 27, 51, we're told that as Jesus breathed his last breath, the veil that was in the temple was torn from top to bottom, ripped through by the hand of God, so that the mercy seat of the Holy of Holies was exposed accessible to everybody for all time and all by the blood of Jesus Christ. Where before, only one man was allowed in once a year now had been brought forth and opened by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus so that all could come to the mercy seat all of the time. If God has given us a new way forward, why wouldn't we use it? So if the cross of Jesus Christ opened the heavens to us, why would we not go? Where before our sin prohibited us, God's mercy now allows I mean, so that the God who wrote the laws of physics into creation is now available to you. 
why wouldn't you go? Our God, who hung every star in the heavens and, and put them in their place, our God who formed you in your mother's womb, is, is calling you in near to him, has opened the door to his mercy in ways that weren't open before, why would we not come running? You see, for most, our initial reaction seems to be quite different. We go and find a needle and thread to sew the curtain back up. We see something torn and we attempt to fix it. See, God welcomes us in to know heaven. And instead of delighting in his presence, we feel some gut instincts to work. We find some fleeting satisfaction when the needle pricks our finger. We dream that, that our effort is, is doing something worthwhile. And we're stitching closed that which God has opened. Many of us would, would rather work than converse with God. We'd rather be seen holding a needle and thread rather than to peer into the Word of God with Him. Without knowing it, we, we do our best to reverse the work of the cross. Christians the world over do our best to limit access and prohibit ourselves from coming near to God by busy hands of needle and thread. If, if God has opened a new way, why wouldn't we use it? Jesus tells us this parable that we've been reading together in Luke 18 to expand our imaginations and, and to take our eyes off of the physical things around us, the tattered and torn curtain. And, and Jesus takes our lives, our hearts, our vision up into the heavens and helps us see into the throne room of God. God, God is saying, come, come with me into the mercy seat rather than trying to patch up a ripped curtain. Jesus Christ in us helps us to, to move beyond the veil that once separated us from God. See, Jesus' work on the cross allows us to step through those, those threads and, and savor the holiness of God. In the flesh, though, or when we're left to our own devices, we come up with all kinds of insignificant means to fix whatever's going on around us. So that when we wrong someone, or, or someone wrongs us, right? when they wrong us, our initial reaction is to fight back. Vengeance is mine, our self says. We, we have some sense in us to get our hands bloodied or our brow sweaty in an effort to, to make up for whatever wrongs have been leveled, to fix the things that we think need to be fixed. You know, this is why Jesus introduces us to this widow in the parable today. She had been genuinely wronged. 
And in this deep pain, she found her own weakness that she could not fix this on her own. And left with no other recourse against whoever had hurt her, her only option was to go before this unrighteous and evil judge and beg, and beg, and beg, and beg, and beg, and beg. Now this judge could not have cared less about this woman. He ends up helping her, but the only reason he ends up helping her is because he realized that's the only way he was going to help himself. He wanted to get rid of her, and the fastest and easiest way to get rid of her was just to give her what she wanted so she'd move on and he'd be left alone. Now, Jesus tells us this story, this, this human example. It, it's this lower illustration so that we can take that and then look up to who our God is. Where if, if, a, if an unrighteous judge who could care less about a woman would help her, how much more then would our God, who loves deeply and whose mercy flows from heaven down upon us, how much more will the righteous judge of heaven speak into and help you? If an evil judge will help this widow, our heavenly Father will be with you always. You see, when you're faced with difficulty in this life, it's not on us to fix it ourselves. And for a number of reasons. Think, things like we don't know the waves of consequences that will result because of our actions. And in the same way, we're, we're not capable of eternal resolution. We're not, we're not capable of fixing things in a way that is good and right. See, it doesn't matter if it's the guilt of your own sin that's causing problems in your life. It doesn't matter if it's the guilt of someone else's sins that are causing problems in your life. It, it doesn't matter how or why you are at a loss. What we know in Scripture is that you don't have the answer. And in fact, you yourself are not the answer. Jesus Christ, though, as he breathed, breathed his last breath and the temple veil was ripped from top to bottom, Jesus Christ revealed your hope and your answer. Why don't we run through the scattered threads into the holiness of God? And, and we know that, that he will hold us close if God did, all that God did to open his mercy seat to you through Jesus, it'd be foolish for us to ignore that opportunity by trying to fix our dilemma ourselves. Instead, Jesus has come to God early. If God has opened a new way, why wouldn't we use it? Is God who sees the beginning and the end is available to you in and by Jesus Christ. Our God who, who calms the wind and the waves with the word has invited you into his presence. Why would you not come running? You see, the weight that suffocates your heart will be lifted by God in an instant. Why do you stand outside the curtain as if its power remains? It has been shredded at the cross. If God has opened a new way, why won't we use it? As we come back to our text for this week in the beginning verse, Luke 18, 1, 
Jesus' admonition here at the beginning of the parable is to keep praying. Keep coming before God and, and, and keep coming and don't give up for that which is on your heart. Don't grow tired and don't go, grow weary coming to the Lord your God. He says, keep, keep coming into the throne room of God often. Let it be a place of hope and peace for you. It's interesting, something as I learned as I was studying for this, I didn't know there was, there was an ancient Jewish tradition among some of the rabbis that was taught in and around the time of Jesus. And that tradition was you could talk to God three times a day, but only three times a day. And exactly three times a day. If, if you only prayed twice, you were being sinful because you didn't have faith enough to pray again. But they would also say on the other side of that, if you prayed four times, you were sinful because you didn't trust God with that which you prayed. This is the way the Pharisees and those ancient rabbis, as they taught, this is how they constricted the life of those who loved God. Jesus turned all of that on its head. And Jesus taught differently. Jesus says, come quickly to your God. Come often to your God. He loves you. And his mercy is overflowing out of heaven onto this earth. His wisdom is unending. The cross of Jesus Christ lets you live beyond the curtain forever. Why would you ever leave? You see, where once you weren't allowed, now you are welcome in Jesus. And you never have to leave. So why don't we come running? Let's pray together. Our Lord, we are grateful for your word and your encouragement. And Lord, we pray that each one of us would come running to your throne where mercy is found. And Lord, we, we pray that all along the way you would continually remind us of that which you have done for us. Lord, would you continually remind us of how you've provided for us? Would you continually remind us of, of how you've nurtured us? And Lord, may you continually remind us how you sent your son so that we might be saved. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.